Uh, one of the things we do uh, uh, every year is a teaching series that, that focuses on Jesus. We love Jesus. We love his words. And, and today is going to be a special day, a, a little bit different. Uh, you're actually going to hear the best preacher you've ever heard in your life preach today. And uh, I'm excited about that. But before we get there, and uh, before I tell you more about what we're going to do, uh, kind of in honor of this week, but also as a segue into our special time today, uh, I want to talk about uh, August 28th, 1963. You guys know what happened August 28th, 1963? On that day, 250,000 people gathered on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., to hear these words. Go ahead and play that clip.
What do you think? So um, I don't want to give away anybody's age, um, but it, it, it's at least possible that some of you could have been there that day. Was anyone there? Does anyone remember that day? Wow. Yeah. There's a couple that remember. I've heard some great speeches um, you know, the Churchill speeches and some of the Roosevelt speeches and, you know, Dr. King's speech. Like, and I wonder, like, what would it have been like to be there? What would, have, what would it have felt like? Even, you know, that was high definition video for 1963, you know, like, uh, but somehow it just doesn't do justice. I, I just, I wanted, I, I want to be there. And there's that same sense of, of like longing to be there, longing to be in the presence of this great like teacher, speaker. It, it shows up in the gospel of Matthew. In chapter four, beginning in verses 23 through 25, it says this, and I think we have them. It says, Jesus traveled throughout the, the region of Galilee, teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. And he healed every kind of disease and illness and, and news about him spread as far as Syria and people soon began to come to him, all who were sick. And whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, from Jerusalem and all over Judea and from east of the Jordan River. And then in chapter 5, the very beginning of verses 1 and 2, it says, One day, as he saw the crowds, as Jesus saw the crowds gathering Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him, and he began to teach. 
And what Matthew records in the next couple of chapters is arguably the greatest speech, not just of the Bible, but the greatest speech teaching of all time. And this church here at Aspen Grove, we love Jesus. If you're a guest here today, like like if you walk away with nothing else, I want you to know how much we love Jesus. And today, I want you to hear his words. Today, we're going to do something a little bit different. Uh, we, we call it a scripture service. Uh, I know uh, how interested you are in hearing all the smart things I have to say about what Jesus said. But today, that's not going to happen. Uh, in just a minute, I'm going to invite some readers who are going to come up here. And Jesus, uh, Matthew records Jesus' great sermon, his great teaching, his brave heart speech to the crowds. Chapters 5 through 7, three chapters. In fact, I'll go ahead and invite, if you're going to read for me today, you guys can go ahead and come on up here and take a seat. What we're going to do is we're going to let Jesus' words speak for themselves. Today, Jesus is going to preach. Are, are you okay with that? A couple of things I want you to know about this time, just as we get ready. Um, I've picked some very special readers up here, uh, and uh, they're here uh, because they're, they're most likely the ones to fall asleep during my sermon. Um, <laughs> no, but they're, these are awesome, faithful men and women, and uh, uh, I've given them a, a really, really uh, important task today. Their task is to share with you the very words of Jesus. This is a red letter, if you have one of those Bibles, that Jesus' words are in red. This is a red letter Sunday for us. Jesus' words and, and nothing else. So their job is to read, and they're going to they're gonna read, not dramatically, but, but slowly and intentionally. All week long, these words have been sinking down deep within them, and, and I'm excited to see how those words come out and come to you. And so your job, every one of you out here, your job is to listen. I'm not going to put the words on the screen. Um, if you want to follow along in your Bible, I'm not going to stop you, but, but really, honestly, and truly, I want you to listen. When was the last time you heard Jesus' great teaching in its entirety? That's what I want. Um, I, I want you to listen and hear the words of Jesus just like the crowds did that day on the mountainside outside of Galilee. Um, maybe this goes without saying, but, but if you haven't checked your cell phone and just made sure they're in the off position, now is a, a great time. So I don't want any distractions as they read, uh, believe it or not, Jesus' uh, uh, Jesus' great teaching, you would expect it to be 30, 45 minutes. It's probably only going to take about 12 or 15 minutes. But in that time, Jesus reveals some great truths. His great sermon isn't this high and lofty thing for us to just kind of idolize and ooh and ah at. His teaching, if you, if you really think about it, if you listen carefully, it is intensely practical. 
everything he says is about uh, uh, how, do we, uh, how do we treat money and how do we treat those we have disagreements in and what's it like to be married and what's it like to have a family and well, how do I deal with worry in my life? He speaks incredibly practical. This is a how to live teaching. How to live in the kingdom of God teaching. And he begins with words of blessing, which I don't want that to, you guys to miss that at all. The first words he has are words of blessing. So your job is to listen, to somehow receive this teaching in the same way the crowds did that day. Because here's what we believe. Here's what we believe about the Bible. Here's what we believe about Scripture. We believe that the Word of God is living and active we believe that these words have the ability, ability to penetrate us like a double-edged sword. We believe that these words have the ability to judge our hearts. And this word, this teaching of Jesus is powerful and deserving of our full attention. This word, this teaching of Jesus, um, in this teaching, it, it, it has exactly what you need to hear. Maybe sometimes you hear preachers promise that. I know exactly what you need. No, this teaching has exactly what you need to hear. And if you let it, if you listen with intention on the edge of your seat, Jesus will speak directly to your heart. Do you believe that? All right. That was a big buildup. Are you ready? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to say a prayer, and then uh, Ken Osting is going to uh, begin in chapter 5. But, but sometime between that prayer and when Ken begins, I just, I'm just going to let it be a moment of silence and stillness, okay? Let's, let's begin in stillness and prayer. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And, um, Man, so much has gone into this day and, and thinking and, and planning. And, and so, Father God, I, I want you to know how much we love you. But God, it's not enough just to say that we love you. Like, we must listen to your words and obey them. And so, God, how you can and where you can, open us to receive the teaching of your son Jesus today, a teaching about the kingdom and life and hope and future. And, and so, Father God, we believe in the power of your word, and we, we invite it today. Speak to us. If there are distractions or things that are plaguing us, free us from those things so that we may listen with intention and purpose. Father God, speak to every heart today. Allow the power of your word to rise and swell within us. Allow it to do its work within each and every one of us. Father God, this is your time. This is your space. We enter into it humbly. Father God, give us ears to hear. We love you. And in your son Jesus' name we pray. And realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. 
God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out, trampled underfoot, and is worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No. I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandments and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, 
you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar and go to be reconciled. That person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you are on the way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accusers may hand you over to the judge, who will hand you over to an officer, and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say to you that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries or divorces uh, a woman also commits adultery. You have also heard it that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair 
white, or black, just say a simple, yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You've heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you're sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat also. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Forgot the alarms. Give to those who ask, and do not turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect. Even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself. 
Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. Then your father, who sees everything, will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive you your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye is like the lamp of the body that provides light for your whole body. When your eye is, is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work to make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and tomorrow thrown into the fire, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. 
Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of the speck in your eye when you haven't seen past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls, then turn and attack you. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law of the prophets. You can either you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gate to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, that is, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so can you identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who broke God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. 
Though the rain comes in torrents and the flood rise, waters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd, crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he had taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers of religious law. It's part of our tradition each week to spend a time in communion. And around this room, uh, there are tables set up with the elements of communion there. And uh, it's a place of, of repentance. Uh, communion is a place to uh, ask forgiveness, but also to make that turn to God. And so today, as we enter into a time of communion, uh, I invite you to take these words with you. Uh, it's not enough just to listen. It's not enough just to hear. We are called to obey. And so I invite you as uh, we enter into a time of communion to, um, to obey these words, to put them into action into your life. As we enter a time of communion, I want us to, uh, uh, if you're comfortable, just uh, let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray as we were instructed to pray. You can go ahead and put that on the screen. Say it with me. Our Father in heaven, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I dismiss you to a time of communion together.